Let's bring in our friend Thomas Mulcair, former leader of the federal NDP and former leader of the opposition. It's a Mulcair Monday. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John. All right. Uh, You know, I'm so used to on social media being told that some politician's in trouble, and then you find out that it's a mostly manufactured crisis. Um, But is Melanie Jolie in trouble? I think a touch. Uh, She's done pretty well throughout the uh, Hamas uh, (laughs) Israel war that we've been going through, uh, John. But on this one, she got into a, a spot of trouble, and it, and it cannot be an accident. So Trudeau has been very careful. He's always referring to the need for a humanitarian pause, and he started adding a qualifier to it, saying a significant pause. But that is quite different from what Melanie Jolie was talking about a couple of days ago, and she was following the French government line. So President Macron of France has been saying, no, no, it's time now to work for a ceasefire. Now, even though the qualifier work for and not have a ceasefire is there, what that essentially would mean is that Israel would no longer be able to continue uh, fighting against Hamas. And of course, Canada has not taken that position. So this is a big complicated for Melanie Jolie, who, as I say, I think has done a pretty steady job, but she clearly went off script. She was clearly reeled back in by Trudeau. And maybe she was trying to lay down some markers for herself for for a future run at the leadership and saying, well, no, I, I actually, you know, had a different position on this and, and it was clear. But it's a, it's a dangerous game to play because already there's a great paper in uh, La Presse uh, today about a career Canadian diplomat at the most senior level. Her name is Louise Blais, and she's a, now a, a diplomat in residence at Laval University in Quebec City. And she basically shrugs her shoulders and said, look, let's get over ourselves. You know, Canada is not a big player on issues like the Middle East. You know, we once were. Pearson won his Nobel Prize for, for inventing the blue helmets, uh, you know, the peacekeeping role for Can- that Canada came up with. But she says, we're just not taken as as big players in the world stage today. You know, when you've got countries of what, what are called the global south, like India and China playing a much bigger role, we're not there. And so I think, you know, her, her basic message is we got to get over ourselves. And Melanie Jolie, you should get that that memo as well. Yeah, I like that message, actually, because I've always disputed whether or not Canada has been a player. I think we are very smug in strutting around yes. saying that the world needs more Canada. But for the yes. most part, the world is not all that interested in Canada. No, exactly. And, you know, Trudeau went to Edinburgh for a couple of meetings ago for the, the COP meetings, the Conference of the Parties under the Paris Accord, and said very much the same thing. Well, you guys better start imitating us. We're doing so well on our, in our fight against global warming and, and climate change. And guess what? We're not. You know, Canada's own Commissioner of Sustainable Development, Gerald DeMarco, last week went through a, the whole thing and just said, no, we're not there at all. We don't have a plan. We're not there. But that goes all the way back to Martin and Craig's signing the Kyoto Accord at the time. And, you know, we learned that they had absolutely no plan. And we learned that from, you know, no less a figure than Craig former chief of staff, Eddie Goldenberg, said, well, no, it was all about galvanizing public opinion, meaning it was a public relations activity for the liberals. So we've never gotten it right. And, you know, the conservatives are the, the bogeyman on this stuff, and they do their best to make sure they communicate that they really don't care about that fight. But Trudeau claims to care about it, but never gets it done. So it's, it's a very tricky thing, you know, for Canada to continue lecturing the world about how great we are when, in fact, on a concrete issue like that, we're not even in the game. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of climate change, premiers of five different provinces asking for a meeting with Justin Trudeau over the carbon tax. Uh, You and I have talked about this before. I am convinced the carbon tax is going to die, and I don't know what happens next. Well, this is interesting, though, because this is almost an opening for Trudeau here. And it might sound contradictory because all these premiers are getting together to go beat him up on the carbon tax. 
But do you remember in the two, 2019 campaign, Andrew Scheer posed on the front cover of McLean's magazine with a bunch of guys who were the premiers of you know the conservative provinces, and it was titled "The Resistance," and this had everything to do with resisting you know the fight against climate change and the progressivism that uh, Trudeau represented. Well, that really worked against Scheer. That was a really dumb political move for him to be on that cover because he sided with a bunch of people who are going against something that Canadians actually care about. Even though Trudeau's not getting it done, he seems to care about it. And that's what Canadians want at the very least. So here, what what have we got? We've got five conservative premiers trying to beat up on Trudeau. If Doug Ford had done this on his own, I think it would have probably been more effective. He could have simply pointed to the fact that people in Ontario heat with natural gas, It's not fair that this less polluting fuel is being hit with a carbon tax, whereas fuel oil, the most polluting type, is not getting hit with that carbon tax anymore. I think he could have won that battle. But when you put five conservative premiers together, it seems to me, John, that what you're communicating is, oh, this is a partisan activity. This is no longer about fairness. This is about us beating up on Trudeau. And if Trudeau's clever about it, he might just be able to do some judo with this and say, look, (laughs) I at least care about this stuff. The plan hasn't worked. We've got more to do, you know, blah, 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 and use the, the usual lines. But he could at least say he's involved in the fight. And Canadians want that. The average Canadian actually cares about environment. Poll after poll shows that it's a key issue. So I think that uh, somebody like Tim Houston, he's the premier of Nova Scotia, a really good politician. I think he did super well. He played his hand very well in, in this one. I think now he's overplaying his hand because the, the message he's communicating is he won't take yes for an answer. He fought to get fuel oil exempted. Now he wants the whole nine yards as a way of punishing Trudeau. And I think that they might actually have all overplayed their hands a bit on this one. We'll see whether or not it works, but I think that Trudeau might wind up being able to escape from this one. Well, and the funny thing about that McLean's cover is, if memory serves, there were five faces on it, and four of them are ex-politicians. Yep. You know, think Jason Kenney, you know? Uh, Yes, exactly. And so where's Wab Canoe? He's the NDP Premier of Manitoba. He wants nothing to do with this. And, of course, Fury's the Liberal uh, from Newfoundland Labrador. But, you know, even the premier of uh, PEI, who was involved in the original one, is has nothing to do with them. So Quebec and BC are exempted. BC already has a carbon tax. For whatever reason, Quebec's cap-and-trade deal with California is deemed sufficient to get Quebec a blanket exemption, a, a whole carve-out from the carbon tax. And so, you know, this is what you have, exactly as you described. You know, it's a bunch of guys who are <laughs> soon-to-be former politicians, you know, going against the, the world and saying, well, we don't actually be, have to be part of the fight against climate change. And I don't think that that's a message the average Canadian is going to follow. So, Lauren Gunter, and we don't have a lot of time on the clock, but I wanted to get your quick <laughs> thoughts on this. <laughs> Columnist for The Sun says he yeah. is betting on an election in 2024, which isn't, you know, that hard a bet. It's it's reasonably no. foreseeable. If Trudeau sticks around. And I think that that's the key question. Trudeau's playing the game. He's named his co-chairs for his next campaign. He's going through all the motions so that he'll signal to the people around him, stop this talk about Mark Carney. I'm sticking around, but I'm not convinced of that. I think that Trudeau knows how to count. He's going way past his best before date if he tries to ask Canadians for another mandate. And I do think in his heart of hearts, he's getting ready for that walk in the snow. Oh, maybe on the 40th anniversary of his dad's walk in the snow in February. Thank you, sir. All the best. Take care, John. Thomas Mulcair on a Mulcair Monday.